Welcome to Views from the Porch, a lifestyle podcast where we have weekly conversations about some of the biggest challenges young adults face today. Our desire is to use God's word and our experience leading thousands of young adults at the porch to challenge you, push you, keep it real with you, and walk alongside you as you navigate your defining years as a young adult. For more info on the porch, visit theporch.live or follow us on social media. And with that, here's this week's episode. What's up, guys? This is David. We are back with another episode of Views from the Porch. And this week, you're listening to a very special edition where we are releasing one of the messages from our Awaken 2022 conference. That's right, exclusively on Views from the Porch, you're gonna hear for the next several weeks the speakers and the messages from our conference. Enjoy the message. We'll see you next week on another episode of Views from the Porch. Such an honor, such an honor to be, uh, listen, gratitude and and honor is a beautiful thing. And I was praying right there. I just like, God, I don't want to get in the way of you, you know, because I can be a big personality, you know, and, and um, I don't want to distract you from the word with illustrations. Before I dive in, I just, I just want to express my own gratitude for God working through this place, uh, through that man. There, there's so many people behind the scenes that make this happen that you have no idea. Like this is so liturgical. Liturgy means of the people. This is such a liturgical event because so many people huddle around and say, what if we get these balloons and what if we do this by the pond and what if we, and they just dream big and it's your peers and they make this happen under the leadership, the incredible leadership covering elders of this place through his leadership and and. It feels like, you know, how does it, it feels like, um, you know, my, my little brother grew up, you know, that's what it feels like. So I'm just, I love you so much, David. I love this team so much. It's such an, an honor to be with you guys and, and really dive into God's word here in a bit. I can remember, like, this is a little bit PTSD for me because uh, I, my first kind of experience of a church conference, right? I'm in high school and I have this crush on this girl, you know? Now, it was bothering me too, Alex. Thank you. I was like, whose coffee is this, right? So I've got this crush. I've got this crush on this, this young woman. And, and I'm thinking like, and she, she invites me. She says, hey, my church, we're all going over to, you know, the, the big city because I'm from a small town. And, and we're going to, um, you know, worship and sing and hear teaching. Do you want to go? And I'm like, oh, man, that just sounds amazing. I, I I would love to. I'd love to go, you know? And so I go over there and, and you know, it's a little bit uncomfortable for me because people are raising their hands. I grew up Catholic, you know? People are raising their hands and worshiping and, and doing all the things. So I'm just trying not to embarrass myself in front of the crush, you know? And they, they say, hey, uh, we're going to have a singing contest, right? And I'm like, this is my chance, and so there's thousands of people there. We're in this arena. There's speakers. There's the, the, the biggest kind of Christian recording artist at that time. And, and they're like, we're going to have a singing contest. And so we're going to choose three of you. Well, I'm in the balcony, right? But I just run down the stairs and run, run to the stage like me, 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 me. And they're like, we'll take you. And I'm like, yes, praise God. And, and so they chose, it was a, a young woman, me, and another dude. And we're going to sing Amazing Grace. And so, yeah, and so, and, and I'm like, and so I remember I looked up just like that, and there was a big screen. I had this Tommy Hilfiger plaid 
And I just saw my big old Tommy Hilfiger shirt right there on the screen. And then I started looking around. I got real nervous, you know. And, uh, and so the, the young woman sings first, you know, Amazing Grace. She crushed it. Everybody's like just going nuts. Like her church is cheering and, it, and it's my turn. And the guy's playing the piano. So he cues us in. And he's like some famous guy at the time, you know, he's playing, he plays a piano. And so it's my turn. And she just crushed it. She nailed her cue. She sang Amazing Grace. Everybody went up. It was my turn. And he plays the piano and then he stops and he looks at me and he goes, that was your cue. I was like, oh man, my bad, you know. I'm like, oh, we're gonna do the one four. I'm used to the two six. Okay, that's fine. Uh, and, he, and so he plays the piano again. And then he stops. And he looks at me. And he goes, You gonna go? And I, oh yeah, yeah, I got it this time. Third time's a charm. Let's go. And so he plays the piano. He starts playing. I don't even know when I'm supposed to come in, but I just start singing. And it came out this like squeaky falsetta, you know, like, like I was like, amazing grace. And, and I went through it. I went the whole way, man, the whole way. And afterwards, just like you guys, they didn't know whether to, they didn't know if it was a joke or like they should feel sorry for me. You know, they were like, like the question, I could almost hear it from the stage. Like, is, was he serious? You know, that was, uh, that was the question. So essentially, I learned that I couldn't sing in front of thousands of people, right? It was like, like, that's how I figured that out. And what it did for me, what it did for me is it made me never want to sing again. Like, I just was like, I'm, I'm going to keep my mouth shut, right? I don't have the gift. Some people have the gift. Some people don't have the gift. I clearly don't have the gift. That's what their laughter communicated to me. That's what their response communicated to me. So I'm never going to sing again. And I think this is how a lot of us think about evangelism. You think, oh man, there's people with the gift and people who don't have the gift, and if I don't have the gift, then, then I'm gonna keep my mouth shut so that those who do have the gift can share the gospel, and I want you to know that that is not an option. There, you can read this book, Genesis to Revelation. Nowhere in this book are you gonna find permission to not share your faith. Oh, but, but I'm an Enneagram 6 God, and... I'm an, I'm an introvert, Enneagram 4, like people scare me, you know this, so surely I have an out. No out. And I think it matters way more than you think it does. It's such a significant part of church history, of Christianity, of the church of discipleship. Right. Who, who here can sing? Like you, like you can feel free to nominate your friend. You're like, no, I, I can sing. You know, like I, I got it. I can sing. I'm a, I'll, I'll go. Uh, I'm a. I'll go. I'll go, Freddie. I, he, he doesn't know. He did. I know Freddie, and I know he can sing, but he didn't know how to do this. Give us just a little bit of, uh, here, stand up for me. Stand up for me. Give us, give us a little amazing grace. Like, give, just give me your best, like you're trying out for American Idol or whatever, the voice. 
He's going to have to open his mouth. And that's what I want you to know as you leave this place for you to share the gospel. Thank you, Freddie, so much. For you to share the gospel, you're going to have to open your mouth. There's this saying that circles around Christendom, preach the gospel everywhere you go, and when necessary, use words. Cute saying, looks great on a coffee mug, accredited largely to Francis of Assisi. But here's the deal. To share the gospel you have to use words, okay? You have to. Like, I don't care if it's sign language or another language or anything else, but you're going to have to use words. And assuming that you speak English like the, the vast majority of you do here, you're going to have to open your mouth. Like, the words are going to have to come out of your mouth. You don't open your mouth, the gospel doesn't move forward, and it dies with us in our generation, and it's dying in our generation, like, I don't know, like, I don't know if you've heard this before. I don't know if you've had this concept before, but a part of why God saved you and left you here, a significant part, like really, really high on the list, is so that you would tell other people about him. It's like the most important, you know, to-do thing that you have. And you're like, well, I'm going to love them into the kingdom, and I'm going to build relationships with them into the kingdom, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that. That's all fine and good, but at some point, you're going to have to open your mouth, right? This is how the gospel moves. It's a story. And if you want people to know a story, it's a true story. If you want people to know it, you have to share it. And when you share the gospel, you participate with the power of God. This is Romans 1.16, written by Paul to the church, the believers in Rome. He says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. Sometimes we're ashamed of the gospel. For I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God to bring salvation to everyone who believes. So the, the theme of this cons, conference is the rehearsal that we're training for heaven, that one day we're gonna stand before the Lamb of God and we're gonna sing holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is, is to come. Worthy. Worthy, we're going to sing this in this powerful way forever and ever and ever and ever. And right now, I want to talk to you about recruiting for the choir, okay, that we, would, that we would go out of this place, you'd return to your respective towns and communities, and that we would recruit for that choir so that when we get up there, it's powerful. People have their mouths open and they're singing to God. 
the why this is important. It's heavy. Trigger warning on this. Every soul you know, every person you've ever met, in the grocery store, in college, your Uber driver, rode an elevator with them, they taught you sixth grade math, your parents, your siblings, your cousins, your neighbors, every soul will be in one of two places for eternity one day. And I don't know why, but God chose to make a difference through us. Like we, we are how he wants to move that message forward. That we would carry it forward by sharing the good news. And so I want to talk with you about the what, the why, and the how of recruiting the most powerful force you have ever heard, you have ever seen, the most powerful force that this world has ever known, that we would add to our numbers and experience the power of God. I'm going to be in Matthew 16 if you have your Bibles and you want to turn there, and I'll jump forward in just a bit to Matthew 28. Matthew 16, pretty awesome scene because Jesus' boys, they're hanging out in Caesarea Philippi, and he walks up on them, and he's going to ask them a question, and they're going to answer his question, and then he's going to make a statement. And I want to examine this statement and the implications of this statement for us today. He says this. He comes up on him. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? He's saying, who do they say I am? And they replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Hmm. What about you? He asked his disciples, who do you say I am? And Simon Peter answered, like, if you know anything about Peter, you're like, would you just keep your mouth shut? You know, open mouth, insert foot. But, but here he goes, says Simon Peter answered, you're the Messiah, the son of the living God. Crushed it. Nailed it. And Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. The gates of Hades will not overcome it. Here's the scene. I've been right where they were standing. Like we, my wife and I, we visited uh, the, this area where there's this this huge water kind of bursting forth out of the cave, and it was a place of worship. It's where everyone would go to worship Zeus and the many Greek gods of that time, and they would build these shrines and temples. They're still there, carved into this, the hillside of this day. So there the disciples are standing in front of all these little G gods, all these little G gods that all of the people around them are worshiping, and Jesus, the King of Kings, walks up on the scene, the God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, for all things were created by him and for him. There's not a square inch over all of creation that Jesus does not hover over and cry out, mine. And he walks up. He says, hey, who do they say I am? Some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, still others Jeremiah, one of the prophets. What about you? Who do you say I am? You're the Christ. We know who you are. We've seen your stuff. 
been doing all kinds of magic. You're the Christ, the Son of the living God. That's right. That's right, Peter. Finally, finally. And on this declaration that I am the Christ, the Son of the living God, I'm going to build this unstoppable force and nothing in all of creation will not hold it back. The gates of Hades cannot keep souls back from saints who faithfully share. When the saints share the truth that you shared of who I am, we are going to break chains and people that Satan has his grips deep in them will be released to be with us for eternity, forever and ever and ever and ever. Now, this had to really confuse them because they're like, wait, what? Like, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Unstoppable force? Man, that's, I, look, here's the deal, man. <laughs> Jesus, you have done some cool things, right? Like the, the whole like water and the wine, man, that was neat and helpful at times. Um, man, I got to tell you, like the way that the guy that he couldn't walk and you were like, get up, and then he, he did, that was pretty amazing. And that walking on water thing, bro, that was some David, David Blaine madness. Like I'm like, what in the world? That was really cool. Like you got to teach me that one, Jesus. But you're talking about building some unstoppable force that, that the gates of Hades can't stop? And like you're going to build a church? Jesus, Jesus, I don't know if you realize, like the church people, they don't really like you. We overheard them talking about crucifixion, you know, and it's like, man. And I don't know, Jesus, I don't know if you realize, but there's only 12 of us. And we're not even so sure about Judas, man. <laughs> he might be playing for the other team, you know. And we're just out here, and you're talking about, oh, I'm going to build some unstoppable force. Right? The word there is ecclesia. It's the first time it shows up. I'm going to build my church, my ecclesia. And, and it's translated church, but the word is really assembly. It, it would best describe a military platoon, a group of people at war, that they gather together they come together to go and do a mission. He says, I'm going to gather my people and send them, and nothing in all of creation is going to stop them. Want to play? You want to have some fun? You want to do work? Let's go, right? This is what he's saying here. And it's my favorite prophecy in all of the scripture. Right, because he tells this to 12 guys, right? And they're like scratching their heads like, what are you talking about? Fast forward with the tape, a couple thousand years, and look at us. Look around. It's Labor Day, man. Like, it's like take a day off of work, you know, like, hey, go sit by the lake and, and whatever you do, grill out, whatnot. Look at us. Tell me that that prophecy was not fulfilled in you. That we, that billions of people gather in his name. Like, that's what happened. That's what the Holy Spirit did. Like, what Jesus said to these 12 guys came true. You know why? Because they told somebody who 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 told you. Now, what are you doing with it? You got the baton. 
the relay, it was passed to you, right? But when, it, when that baton drops, it stops with you, right? So what? What are we sharing? The what, my first point, what? Tell people who Jesus is. Who do they say I am? You have to tell people who Jesus is. To do this, you have to open your mouth and you have to use words. Listen, the Dalai Lama said that Jesus was the greatest man that has ever lived. Uh, Gandhi said he would have been a Christian had he ever met one. Mohammed, the leader of the Islamic faith, said that Jesus was of the greatest prophets. But Jesus said about himself that he is Lord, that he is God, that he is the Son of God, the Son of Man, that the one who was there in the beginning... Right, And so C.S. Lewis presents this argument, Lord, liar, lunatic. He says, hey, was he a liar, someone who claimed to be God, but he wasn't? Was he a madman, a lunatic, someone who thought he was God, but he wasn't? Or is he who he says he is, Lord of the creation of heaven's and earth. And I'm telling you, Jesus leaves you no room, no option to say, well, he was just a good man. He was just a great teacher. He was, he was just a, a really cool magician in history. No, he was God. He, he was God. And, and so if you are his follower, then you share his story, the gospel. Every Friday, I get questions from around the world. And, and a lot of them are you know, hey, how do I share the gospel with my mom? How do I share the gospel with my lost friend? How do I share the gospel with my roommate who's sleeping with her boyfriend? How do I share the gospel with my Muslim friend? How do I share the gospel with a Mormon? How do I share the gospel with somebody who thinks they're a Christian, but they're not? The way you share the gospel with anyone, anywhere, at any time, in any place, is you share the gospel, okay? Like, you, you just share the gospel, right? In 1 Corinthians 15, it says this. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel. Okay, cool. What's the gospel? He's going to remind us. It's good news. For what I have received, I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for your sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried and he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. He goes on to say, he appeared to 500 people, many whom are still alive, go Ask them. So you share the gospel by saying, Jesus Christ has died for your sins. He went in the grave for three days, and on the third day, he rose from the dead. That's the good news. You don't have to die for your sins because Jesus has already died for your sins. And if you trust in his payment that he died for your sins, you get to live forever and ever and ever with him. Theologians call it the great exchange. He got what you deserve. And if you trust that he got what you deserve, then you get what he deserves. You become an heir to a kingdom forever and ever and ever. Having nothing to do with your works and everything to do with have you trusted in Jesus. The only way someone will trust in Jesus is if you tell them. Well, how will they know unless you tell them? That's Romans 10. You have to tell them. So how do you share the gospel with a Mormon, with a Muslim, with an atheist, with a teacher, with a parent, with a sister, with a neighbor? You share the gospel. And you're like, but wait, wait, that doesn't work. You don't work, period. It has nothing to do with what you do and everything to do with what God does with what you did, right? God, the Holy Spirit, has to intersect with your words and breathe life into their hearts. Otherwise, it doesn't work. That means for you, faithfulness is sharing. You're not in charge of the outcome. 
You just share faithfully. God is in charge of the outcome. You just speak the words. You leave and you pray. Say, all right, God, I did my part. Now it's your turn. God's not going to disappoint you. Like, Like you rely on him. His plan is perfect. You can trust it. You pray like it's not up to you because it's not up to you, okay? So at that point, when you share, you did your faithful part. And now you say, okay, God, I'm gonna trust you with the outcome. People tell me all the time, like, oh man, I shared the gospel with so-and-so. I was like, what'd you say? Like, oh, you know, I invited him to church. Cool, when did you share the gospel? We were like, no, I brought him, I'm gonna bring him to church, man. I'm like, oh, but you didn't share the gospel. I mean, I'll share the gospel with him, but you didn't share the gospel with him, right? You invited them to church. To share the gospel is talking about the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's the gospel. If you're not talking about the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, you're not sharing the gospel. Jesus is the way. They're trying to get to heaven. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one gets to the Father except through me. It's John 14, 6. Well, what about, you know, so-and-so? What about this and how? And don't always lead to God. No, if always lead to God, then his son didn't need to die. And if there was any other way, his son didn't need to die. If I'm in an airport, I just got back from Zambia a couple weeks ago, and if I'm there and I don't, I'm in the airport and I'm lost and I just want to get home to see my family, I'm really far from my family, and I'm trying to figure out, navigate this airport, and everybody there doesn't speak the language, and so I'm kind of having this nervous breakdown in the airport of which gate's going to take me home, and you come up to me. You walk up to me. You see me like, oh, JP, man, with the porch, yeah, you know, Harris Creek, okay, yeah, waking. Hey, listen, listen, what, what's wrong? I see your distress. I'm like, man, I'm just trying to get home. I want to see my family. I've been here for 10 days. I'm homesick. I want to get home. I don't know which gate's going to take me home. And you say, oh, man, I've got good news for you. Any one of these gates will take you home. Just jump on a plane. And I get on a plane, right? And it takes me to Ukraine, or it takes me further from home, or I get off and I'm dodging bullets in some war-torn country. See, what you said to me, it felt really loving. And I responded with lots of gratitude, but it was unloving because it wasn't true. And it got me further from where I need to be. So you gotta share the gospel. Jesus is the way. You have to tell them about Jesus. There's no other way. And so why? My second point is why? Because God has invited you to, right? It's, it's not that he needs you to. He doesn't need you to. He tells us, like, hey, I can make the rocks cry out. I can use anything. I can speak through a donkey. I've chosen you to. I want to have fun. Like, I've left you there. I saved you, and I didn't just take you home. I've left you there to be on mission with me. Like, it's humbling when you realize God doesn't need you, but he chooses to use you. That's a really fun place to be. Like, oh, yeah, it's not all up to me. Like, you don't have to saddle up with the responsibility of, oh, no, like, I have to go out there and save people. No, you have to go out there and share with people. God's God's the one that saves. I was in Africa a, a different time, and people always say, well, what about, you know, the Bushmen in Africa who never hears the gospel? We always pick on Africa for some reason. Like, there's no Bibles there or something. But there's amazing followers of Jesus all over the continent, right? But, but I'm there, and I am literally in the jungle, literally, okay? 
and I'm, I'm sitting on this bench in the jungle, true story, and this woman walks up to me, big, bright smile, and she says, oh, hi, how are you? You know, in the thick accent, she speaks English, and I said, I'm good, how are you? She says, are you saved? Second question she asked me, are you saved? And I was like, man, what do you, what do you mean by saved? Jesus, do you know Jesus? And I said, uh, I said, yeah, in fact, I am saved. I do know Jesus. I said, how did you come to know Jesus? And she said, oh, and she tells me the story. I'll drop the accent for clarity. But <laughs> she, she tells me the story. She says, God has always spoken to me in my dreams. And she said, one day he introduced me to his son and told me that he died for me so that I could be with him forever. And I said, man, that's really great. I said, so a missionary came here and shared the gospel, and, and then you had a dream about it. And she looked at me confused. She goes, no missionary came here. And I said, I'm skeptical, you know, I'm leaning in. I said, well, how did you know his name was Jesus? And she said, that was his name in my dream. I said, all right, I'm good. <laughs> I'm convinced, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm good, right? And so listen, let, like hit the pressure release valve. God doesn't need you. He chooses to use you. Another time, I, was, I was, um, had the privilege of being on this show that's broadcasted into Iran. Iran's a closed country. Uh, Christians are, can't go there legally to share the gospel, but they can send in a satellite signal to the TV. They say the national flower of Iran, of Iran is the satellite dish because every house has a satellite dish you can broadcast into. So I go on this radio, I mean, I'm sorry, this TV show that's being broadcasted into Iran, and I'm sharing my story, and in my story, I'm sharing the gospel, and then they take callers, okay? And this 12-year-old girl calls in, and, and she starts speaking in Farsi, but I have an earpiece, and they're, they're interpreting for me in my earpiece, and she starts speaking in, in Farsi, all ecstatic, and everyone, I can tell everyone's excited, and I'm lost, and the camera's on me, and I'm like, ha, 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 what's going on? And uh, and they, they tell me she, she had a dream about the man you're talking about last night. And so then I got to ask questions. And sure enough, the night before, she, she had a dream, like in the Quran, Jesus is Isa. And it was like, Isa is actually Jesus the Christ, the son of the living God, who's died for your sins and God raised him from the dead. God communicated that to her in the dream the night before. So now she's watching the show. She places right there on the show, she places her faith in Jesus, which means she at 12 is getting kicked out of her house. Okay, like this isn't for, this isn't like, look at me, I'm looking for attention. This is like my whole world just got rocked because I'm choosing to follow that man, Jesus Christ. God doesn't need you. He chooses to use you to recruit his choir. And the way that you do that is you open your mouth. And so why don't we share? Why don't we share? What'd you say? We're selfish. Reject, fear of rejection, it's not gonna go well. It might swing on us or something. Pride. We're too busy. What'd you say? A lot is coming in. So we got a lot of reasons. We have a lot of reasons that we don't share. Like we went all, like we could just fill this room with all kinds of reasons of here's why we don't share JP. Here's why we don't share God. You know, and we can, we can whittle them down. You might be like, well, I don't know how. Hey, we're going to talk about that. But, but listen, 
I, I think if you boiled all of them down, like the very truest, most honest answer that you don't share, is it's awkward. You know, could you imagine you get to heaven? Peter welcomes you in. Hey, welcome, Jesus. Oh my goodness. You worship him for a couple billion years, you know. And then you meet Paul. You know, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, Paul. There's the power of God, right? That Paul. To live is Christ, to die is game, Paul. What's up, Paul? How you doing? He's like, man, wasn't that awesome down there? How great was it down there? We just got to go everywhere and, and tell people about Jesus. Wasn't that amazing? You're like, oh, yeah, man, you did a great job. Yeah, but you did right. I mean, bro, wasn't it so much fun? <laughs> yeah, you know, not so much, you know. There was that one time, there was this one time for this mission trip, like I had to, and he's like, no, like every day you didn't go share the gospel, why not? He's like, man, I don't know, Paul, you know, it was, it was, it was, man, it was, it was awkward. And he's like, awkward, is that Greek or Hebrew, awkward, is that Aramaic? Awkward, awkward. Oh, awkward. Oh, yes. Yes, they'll put you in prison. Yeah, no, that happened to me and Peter. Me and Pete were laid up in the prison, man, singing our way out of there. I know what you mean, awkward. You're like, no, no, Paul, not, not prison. He's like, oh, the stocks, the thing, the head. Yeah. Man, that's, that is awkward because you're all, like, contorted. It's like, man, it's awkward, bro. I get it, man. You're like, no, there wasn't, there wasn't really a lot of stocks, like, stock market, but not that. And, and then he, he's just like confused. Oh, the 40 lashes minus one. That hurt. It was awkward. Uh, yeah, man, because it was like tear, tore my flesh from my back. Gosh, I get it. I understand why, you're not, why you didn't share, because that was really painful. You're like, nah, there wasn't. There was no, no 40 lashes minus one. Not even two lashes. Not even a lash, Paul. Oh, oh man, was it the lions? <laughs> they came after you with the lions. And you're like, no, nah, Paul, there was no lions. I'm actually an otter, Enneagram six. <laughs> Introvert. And it just, it just is not comfortable for me. People were going to think I'm weird. No, it's tough. That's like a little bit of a reality check for us. Because I've been, I've been reading, you know, and it seems like we're just supposed to go everywhere and tell everyone. And like, this is one of those things you can't do in heaven. So we get to recruit here, but we're not rehearsing. We're recruiting. Because you can't share the gospel in heaven. There's no one in heaven that is not fully aware of who Jesus is and what he's done. So, so now's your shot. Now is, is your chance. In Matthew 28, Jesus gathers with those same guys in Matthew 16, right? Same guys. Like, like what happened in, like right there toward the end 
you know, Jesus says, I'm going to go die for you. And Peter's like, no, you're not. And Jesus is like, get behind me, Satan. You know, it's like, it's the same dude. He was like, yeah, that's my boy. <laughs> and now he's like, Satan. <laughs> and, uh, and, and then Peter, you know, like he's so scared. He denies him to a 12-year-old, you know. He's like, I don't know him. And she's like, yeah, you do. I saw you with him. No, I don't. Stop saying that. He starts cussing, you know, like he's cool. Matthew 28. And then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Man. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Father, we need your help to understand if that was for us or just for them and what we're to do with that. Would you show us now in Jesus' name? Amen. These guys, one of them was a total traitor, right? One of them denied Jesus, his closest friend, hurt him in one of the deepest betraying kind of ways, total cowards, rejects from the community. No rabbi had taken them under their wing, and so they're just kind of left to flounder and to fish and to gather taxes, and Jesus says, come and follow me, and, and they're, they're very much two steps forward, one step back kind of guys, like they just constantly mess it up. And then something happens. So what happened between Matthew 16 and Matthew 28? What happened? <laughs> Jesus died on a cross and raised from the dead. So there's something that these guys are seeing. The Holy Spirit comes upon them with power, and they're like, oh, we're not talking about walking on water anymore. We're not talking about healing the sick or the, the lame, the blind, the deaf, the mute. We're, we're not talking about five loaves uh, uh, and, and fish anymore. We're talking about raising from the dead, and all of a sudden, these cowards become incredibly courageous, and every single one of them, except for one of them, gives their life for Jesus. I'm talking beheaded, sawed in two, crucified upside down, boiled alive. James, Jesus' brother, they take him up to the top of the temple. They hold him over. They say, hey, stop saying that he was God. Stop saying that he was God. And he's like, hey, bro, I can't. He was God. Throw him off the temple. Boom, he hits the ground. They crawl down. They stand up over him. He's still breathing. Stop saying he's God. I can't. He is God. And they begin to hit him with clubs until he stops breathing. What happened to those guys who denied Jesus to everyone because it's awkward and all of the sudden they are turned into some of the greatest missionaries this world has ever known? They believed it. They believed it. They saw it with their own eyes. The resurrected Lord. Like, we're not gonna, he defeated death. What are we afraid of? If God is for us, who can be against us? What are you gonna do, kill us? We'll get to be with him. 
Let's get this show on the road, man. Do what you gotta do. Pick up your rocks. You know, I'll be your target. By the way, Jesus died for your sins. God raised him from the dead. You know, that's what they would do. they just take those opportunities to share the gospel. Oh, you're gonna hit me with some rods? Okay, by the way, Jesus died for your sins. God raised him from the dead. Oh, get the saw. By the way, Jesus died for your sins. God raised him from the dead. The same spirit that raised him from the dead lives in me. He can live in you. You, you want him? I'm recruiting. I'm about to go meet him. You can come with me if you want. It's available to you. So how? How do we share this gospel? You must believe this gospel. You must believe this gospel. Our, our belief always follows our behavior. The other day, I'm, I'm with my friend, and he's like showing me. Uh, he like planted all these trees. He's all proud of them, you know. We're, we're somewhere else, a little bit more tropical than, than this place. And, and he's showing me these lime trees, and he says, he was like, hey, this is a lime tree. It makes limes. And I was like, that's really redundant, right? But this is what we do in the church. We say, we want to uh, be a church that makes disciples who make disciples. We want to be a church that makes disciples. The essence of being a disciple is making disciples. The way you know that someone is a disciple is because you look and see that they have disciples around them who are following Jesus with them. This is what it means to be a disciple. So as redundant as that's a lime tree that makes limes is a disciple who makes disciples. There's no other kind of disciple. Followers of Jesus tell people about Jesus and show people the way. These guys got it and they gave their life for mission. God is inviting you to have fun with him. Hey, you see that girl? She cuts herself when she's all by herself. She's releasing the pain, some trauma that happened to her when she was young. And so when she's all alone, she inflicts herself with wounds so that she feels and I'm going to save her. You want to have some fun? You see that guy? He's got a Glock 9mm at home that he has keeps away, hidden under his bed, and he's going to use it to end it all because the enemy has just had his way with him, but I'm going to save him. You want to have some fun? You, you see that guy like, oh, yeah, he's big dog corporate America driving, you know, the Aston Martin and living in the penthouse and living for this world. And he's going to die in the world, except I'm going to save him. And I would love to use you. You want to have some fun. You want to have some fun. She had an abortion, swore she's never going to tell anyone. Take it to her grave. It's, it's rotting her from the inside out. She's a shell of a person in her insecurities, but I'm going to take her mess and make it her message and even her ministry. Do you want to play? You want to have some fun? Like, let's do work. God is inviting you to partner with him to save people. And the way you do it, your part in it is you share the gospel. Jesus Christ has died for your sins. You don't have to pay for your sins. 
God has raised him from the dead. That same spirit that raised him from the dead is available to live inside of you. But how? How do we do it? Here's what I think is the hardest part, the transition. You get the transition, it's all downhill from there. Hardest part is the transition. Like, how do we go from talking about, you know, the cowboys to talking about Jesus? Like, how do we do that? It's like, oh, he threw a Hail Mary. That was Jesus's mom, you know? No, <laughs> right? You know, like, like, you know how not to do it, right? It's really hot out here. Hell is hot, too. Um, no, don't do it like that. Here, I'm going to give you two. I'm going to give you two ways. Super effective. Super effective. Take this with you. It's not awkward. I mean, it may be even a tiny bit awkward. I don't want to, like, oversell you on this. But you ready? Here's the two questions. You ready? Um, hey, you in a church? You in a church at all? You see this? Natural. We're talking about wings, chicken wings, and hey, how long you lived here? Oh, you're a server. Oh, that's cool. Hey, you in the church at all? Now we're there. We're talking about things of faith. That simple question. Are you in the church at all? Not awkward. No, I just came back from this conference in Dallas, you know, and, and yeah, you, you in the church at all? Super easy. I'll give you another one, okay? That's one. You take that one if you want. I use them interchangeably. Here's another one. Hey, so do you have a faith? A what? A lot of times they're like, a face? I'm like, no, nah, I see you have a face. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> truly, that happens a lot. A faith, like a religion, a spirituality, a belief system. Those two questions, are you into church? Do you have a faith? Either of those questions is going to get you talking about spiritual things. And then what I do is, it's, it's, I didn't make it up, evangelism explosion, the Kennedy questions. James D. Kennedy came up with these two questions. I find them really effective. Hey, let me ask you a question. Between one and 10, 10 being certain, one being not so sure, if you died today, how certain are you that you would go to heaven? And they'll say something like a seven, you know? And you say, okay, if you stood before God and he said, why should I let you in? What would you say? And they'll say something. A lot of times it's something other than Jesus. Well, because I tried hard. But the other day I was, I was sharing the gospel. I, I, I was going to buy cars. Like my side hustle is I buy and sell cars, you know? And um, I just like my hobby. Like some people watch sports. I watch Craigslist. And, um, and so I'm going to buy this car, and it's this 76-year-old man is selling it. And, I, and I'm like, I ask my kids, hey, y'all want to come? They're like, no, Dad, we don't want to go. So you buy another car, you know, we'll just you know, stay here and play on our phones. And I'm like, I'm like, no, y'all come in. Let's go make a memory. And so we go, and we drive to a, to a city close by, and and um, 76-year-old man, Otis, he's there, he's selling his car, and, and I'm talking to him, and I'm like, hey, Otis, you have a faith? He's like, oh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Christian. Sure, I've got a faith, yeah. He's like, awesome, between one and 10, 10 being certain, one being not so sure. If you died today, how certain are you that you would go to heaven? And he said, oh, I'm a 10. I said, man, that's awesome, man, praise God. Uh, you stood before God, and he said, why should I let you in? What would you say? And he said, he said because every single week I save a puppy. And I was like, man, that's really sweet. Uh, I wouldn't tell God that, though, you know? Like, like this is why you're trying to earn your way in through the puppies, huh? You know, and, uh, and, and so we just got to clarify. I was like, God, I was like, Otis, that's interesting. Like, you know, because Jesus, he didn't have to die on the cross. Like, you could have just saved a bunch of puppies, you know, SPCA out here, right? Uh, that that, that, that could have got you. That's not how it works. You see, his, this is my son. And if I let my son die for you, and then you tell me, oh, he didn't need to die, I could have just went to the pound, right? There, there's some issues with that. And I'm just logically talking to him about what he's saying to me. And you know what happened? The 76-year-old man, right? He goes from death to life. My children are there, right? We get in the car, and, and they're like, Dad, that was awesome. 
They didn't even want to go, you know, but they got to experience someone who, who is not, doesn't have a lot of life left on the earth. You know, he's lived 76 years and, and in his 76th year, he comes to a place where he's like, oh yeah, Jesus, I get it now. I'm in. I'm at the gym, you know, the next day and, and I bump into a dude. He's just down. I'm like, hey man, everything okay? Yeah, it's fine. I was like, man, it doesn't seem like fine. Like what's going on? Ah, oh, man, just rough week. Yeah, tell me about it. I mean, you, he don't want to tell me about it, but I'm nosy, you know? So I'm like, I'm like rough, rough like how was it rough? He's like, oh man, my girl, you know, just she ended things. Like, man, I'm sorry. So you got some people around you, you know? You in the church at all? He's like, ah, oh, man, I used to be. I used to be. I was once upon a time. Not really, not anymore. I was like, oh man, well, I'd, I'd love to talk to you more about that. Would you care if I asked you two questions? Oh, what's up? I mean, you're already asking me lots of questions. What's up? <laughs> Between one and 10, 10 being certain, one being not so sure. If you died today, how certain are you that you would go to heaven? He says, I'm a one. Said, oh, man. You know, and listen, a one and a nine is all the same, by the way. You're not sure. You're not sure because of Jesus. And uh, he says, I'm a one. And, and I say, okay, you stood before God. He says, why should I let you in? What would you say? He's like, I wouldn't have anything to say. And I said, you know what? You're closer to the kingdom of heaven than a lot of church people. You know, that's the reality because you're at this place where you've got nothing to offer God and that's true for everyone. You just know it. And, and you're at this place where you realize there's nothing that you've done that's gonna get you in and that's true for everyone. You just realize it. And I said, the way that we get in is because of what Jesus did. I told him, I said, listen, if I give you tickets to the Cowboys game, right? You know, AT&T Stadium, 50-yard line, great seats. I give you two tickets. And you drive over there to the Cowboys game, and you try to get in, and they stop you. They say, why should we let you in? What are you going to say? And he said, I'm going to say, because I have tickets. And if they say, did you pay for the tickets? What are you going to say? He said, no, I'm going to say they were a gift. And I said, now you get it, bro. That's how you get into heaven. It's a gift. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. It's not of yourself. It's the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. That's Ephesians 2, 8, 9. The way you're going to get into heaven is because of the gift of God, right? Working alongside the power of God, the gospel. The way people get into heaven is you open your mouth and you share the gospel. The Holy Spirit intersects with your words and they respond to the gospel. And, and that's how you get in. Like, that's how that works. Hey, that's the, who's the t who else are you going to boast in? Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one gets to the Father except through him. He's the ticket, and you did nothing to earn that ticket. God gave it to you as a gift. Grace. We have to get our heads and our hearts around that reality. And so what? Tell people who Jesus is. Why? Because God has invited you to. How? Out of your own belief, you open your mouth and you share Jesus. Man, my dad died in 2020. Family's hard. You know, family's hard. And I remember before he died, sitting on the couch. You know, he knows what I do for a living, you know. And I was like, uh, he was asking me about something at the church. And I was like, yeah, you know, we were actually asking a bunch of people two questions these days, Dad. You mind if I ask you? That's awkward. You know, it's tough. Yeah, between one and ten, ten being certain, one being not so sure. If you died today, he said, I'm seven. 
So you stood before God and he said, why should I, let, should I let you in? What would you say? He said, I've been to church my whole life. Because I, because I've done this, because I went here, because of the sacraments, because. So yeah, man, it's interesting, Dad, because you know, I've, I've started reading this book a lot, you know, now that I'm teaching it and all. And, um, <laughs> and, it, and it, it says something different. Would you mind if I shared it with you? Right? Do you know how, how thrilled I am the day that we had that conversation? You know? Like how over the top excited I am. Do you know why I'm so passionate? You know why I yelled a lot and I'm all sweating up here like a pig uh, over the past hour? Where the passion comes from is this is, I, I benefited from this. Like I'm gonna be with God forever and ever and ever and ever. Like some of you, you're like, you got big questions for God. Like why evil and why cancer and why did they break up and why this pain and why my parents? You know, I've got a big question for God. You don't know what it is? Why me? Why would you save me? Like of all of the people in the world, why would you choose me? Why would you allow me to take this message and carry it forward? Why would you give me that privilege? But you gotta, you gotta leave here and you gotta open your mouth. All right, it's participation time. Everybody get to Pop Rocks. Okay, don't eat them. Like, let's, let's follow instructions really close here. Okay, really close. Listen, listen, listen to me. Everybody listen to me. Listen, listen, listen. Grab it by the top like this. Grab it one hand by the top, and yeah, just shake it like that. You guys have done it before. You're pros. Okay, stop shaking it. You, okay, you're not listening. This is like Simon says, okay? Stop shaking it. I'm gonna say that again, because I'll see you right there. Not, you're just like, what did he say? No. <laughs> I said, stop shaking it, okay? Hold it good like this, ready? We're gonna, the, the thing, the way that this works is if we all do the same thing at the same time, okay? And so you're gonna hold it here about halfway in the middle, and you're just gonna do a really good clean rip off the top, straight across like that. So you should have a, a good piece like that, okay? And then what I want you to do is I want you to open it up real big like a cup. So you put two fingers in there, and you get it open like a cup. Now, don't do anything yet, because this is the important part. I am going to have you dump this in your mouth, okay? Don't do it yet. Don't do it yet, okay? Because we're going to do it at the same time. And some of you are like, but I'm diabetic, and I can't, and you don't understand, and I'm allergic to pop rice. You, you can spit them out if you'd like afterwards, but I would love, like, if, if at all possible, 100%, you know, like, but my shirt's so cute, and I may drool on it. It, maybe, you know. Uh, okay, so you, you got them, right? And what you're gonna do is you're gonna dump it. If you can't stomach all of them, just get a good, you know, a good half of them in your mouth. You're just gonna put it in your mouth, but there's gonna be more instructions, okay? So on three, one, two, three. Okay, now close your mouth and get a lot of saliva cooking in there. You keep your mouth closed, Really have that, you feel that party, you know, going on? Okay. Everybody good? You got going around, moving around? Okay. What I want to do is this half of the room. So right here are the cameras. You guys up there too. This half of the room, open your mouth real big. Yeah, yeah. Okay, close them. Okay, we're going to go this half of the room now, okay? You ready? This half of the room, open your mouth real big. Yeah. That's great. That's great. Okay, let's do this. Everybody, open your mouth. 
For, for people to hear the gospel, you're going to have to open your mouth. Wherever you go, for them to hear the gospel, you're going to have to open your mouth. You keep your mouth, like, like here's the deal. Look, 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 Freddie, Freddie. Freddie, you still got them in your mouth? Oh, you swallowed. Okay, I'm gonna go here, Carly. Ready? Ready? Okay, just you open your mouth. Everybody, mouth closed. Just you open your mouth. That's not powerful. There's no power in that. Like, we go out there as recruits to bring in, right, to say, hey, do you want to come and share the gospel with me? Hey, do you want to go? You want to be with God forever and ever? You want to see his kingdom come to earth? You go out there, you share the gospel. You have to open your mouth. You have to use words. You know why? Do you know why? You know why? Because if you don't, even the rocks will cry out, okay? Even the rocks will cry out. You have to share the gospel everywhere you go. Open your mouth, tell them Jesus Christ has died for your sins and God has raised him from the dead. In a minute, you're going to leave. You're going to get on airplanes. You're going to get in Ubers. Everywhere you go, you're like, well, I don't know when to share. Just, okay, to keep it simple, how about every single space you occupy? Well, I'm going to be the weird person on another. Dude, that's amazing. Be that weird. You get up to heaven and you're like, God, I was the weird person. You know? He's like, oh, I know. I know. I know, like that's awesome. Everywhere you go, everyone you see, just share the gospel. And let's build the choir. Thank you for listening to Views from the Porch. For more information about The Porch, follow us on social media or visit us at theporch.live. And as always, go in peace and love to serve the Lord this week.